0: We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mwangi. Maureen Komboko is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she will talk about the mind and sickness. Brother Steve Rundu will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about the first example of tithing. Faith for Today Quartet will start us off with a song, Come to Jesus. Enjoy.
1: Once again, the gospel message from the
0: Many summers you have wasted,
1: ripen harvest you have seen, winter
0: springs and snows have all melted,
1: and yet you linger in your sins. Oh.
0: This is Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Let us now give way to Maureen Komboka to talk about the mind and sickness. Be blessed.
2: Hello dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today we are going to talk about, can your mind be the cause of your sickness? Medicine now realizes the fact that there exists a definite relationship between the mind and the body. When one is affected, the other sympathizes. The condition of the mind affects the health to a far greater degree than many realize. Many of the diseases from which men suffer are the result of mental depression. Grief, anxiety, discontent, remorse, guilt, distrust all tend to break down the life forces and invite decay and death. Disease is sometimes, not always, produced and is often greatly aggravated by the imagination. Many are lifelong invalids who might be well if they only thought so. Many imagine that every slight exposure will cause illness and the evil effect is produced because it is expected. Believe it or not, Many die from disease, the cause of which is wholly imaginary. Now scientists are saying that you can play a very important role in your own health to the degree that you choose. Many times you may catch a cold because of the effect your mind has on your body. Physicians ordinarily treat colds with nasal decongestants, antihistamines, throat lozenges, cough syrups, vitamins, supplements, and the like. A large variety of home remedies are also common. But the common cold is viral, and therefore unresponsive to antibiotic. It must run its course while we grind and bear it. If you look more closely to the common cold, we find that some people seem to catch colds often, whereas others are rarely or never bothered with them. A mother of nine children takes care of one child after another when they get sick. When she was once asked by one of our children, How come you never get sick, mother? Her answer was that she had no time to get sick. Actually, her mental attitude gave her resistance to the disease. Every day, doctors see patients with infections ranging from the sniffles, sore throats, and coughs, to full-blown cases of pneumonia. In almost every case, the patient believes that he or she has caught the cold from someone else. One of the major modes of spreading infection is through coughing and sneezing. Germs are transmitted through the air and inhaled by others. It should follow, then, that the doctors get colds much more frequently than others who are not exposed to germs all the time. However, such is not the case. This leads us to consider the susceptibility of the patient is often a more significant factor in the development of the cold than the infectiousness of the viral or bacterial organism itself. This susceptibility is often the result of an imbalance in the body produced by a change of emotional or physical conditions. Sometimes, the emotions play such a big role that the body is affected. Every breath, we take in air laden with bacteria and viruses of many types. One of the main functions of the cells of the throat is to moisten and clean the air to prevent infection. Generally, these defense mechanisms are quite effective, but occasionally they break down. We should never assume that the presence of the bacteria or viruses is the whole cause for the breakdown of this. Defense mechanisms. Some people carry bacteria and viruses for months with no sign of an infection whatsoever. Each of us has a unique way of responding to infectious agents in the environment, depending on our own specific condition. Here is an actual case that will illustrate the point. Camel went to the doctor complaining of a sore throat, a high temperature, and swollen leaf nodes in his neck. Streptococcal bacteria were found in his throat during the examination and his pharynx was red and inflamed. Kamel's defense mechanism had broken down. The doctor discussed this with him, some of the events of his life during the past few days that might have caused an increased susceptibility to germs. Kamel thought back to a few days before the sore throat developed and remembered an incident that still bothered him. He had lost a briefcase full of important papers that belonged to the insurance company where he worked. This was not his first mistake. He had been warned before about his unreliability. Kamel decided that telling the truth was too risky, so he told his boss that he had left the briefcase on the desk of one of his co-workers and did not know what happened to it after that. The office was searched, but no papers were found. Kamel's co-workers were frustrated and perplexed but the blame could not be placed on him. However, Camel could not escape the tension and anxiety he felt as he told people that he did not know where the papers were. The inconsistency in Kamel's story created an imbalance in his body. His emotional anxiety became maladaptive, and for the next few days, he felt unhappy and uncomfortable. Though he may not have been aware of it, there was a good deal of tension around the area of his vocal cords and throat. The streptococci, which may have been in Camel's throat for a long time, now began to grow in this area that was more susceptible due to tension. With the imbalance that Camel had created in his body, his throat was a perfect target for physical symptom. Once the germs had multiplied, other complications such as pain in the joints and fever were likely to occur. Now he needed medication to help his natural defense system restore balance. If the patterns of protecting himself by lying should become habitual, Carmel might end up with repeated, chronic sore throats and colds. Carmel's case is one example of how physical tension and emotional anxiety can upset the balance and produce organic disease. Somehow, changes in the mind are ultimately translated into cellular and monocellular change. Some people will develop a cold or sore throat several days before a speaking appointment. Others often develop a cold or other physical problem just before a trip that has been planned for months. So anxious are these people for their trip to be perfect that they cannot even enjoy it. Can you think of similar cases in your life? Of course, every bacterial infection is not necessarily the result of this process of lowered resistance. People do not always get sick because of the effect of their mind on their body, but in many cases, this is the cause of illness of course some germs may be strong enough to overcome the defense mechanism of even the well balanced system measles plague and smallpox for example we must also admit the differences in genetic characteristics and the nutritional state of the individual as well as the general physical condition could determine to a large degree the susceptibility to disease we cannot overlook the fact however that grief anxiety, discontent, remorse, guilt, and distress all tend to weaken the system. If one wants to enjoy life, he must develop courage, hope, faith, sympathy, and love. These qualities promote health. A contented mind and a cheerful spirit is health to the body and strength to the soul. In the treatment of the sick, the effect of mental influence should not be overlooked. The family of a person who is sick Because of anxiety or remorse, you'll exercise great wisdom in dealing with the mind of the distressed one. A sore, sick heart, and a discouraged mind need mild treatment. Many times, some home trouble like a canker eats to the very soul and weakens the system. Sometimes, remorse and guilt undermine the constitution and unbalance the mind. It is through tender sympathy that this class of invalids can be benefited. Sympathy and tact will often prove a great benefit to the sick than will the most skillful treatment given in a cold, indifferent way. If a sick person is treated with little concern or is given the impression that his case does not require much attention, is greatly harmed. The doubt and discouragement produced by such indifference will often counteract the good effect of any remedy prescribed by the physician. Nothing tends more to promote health of body and soul than does the spirit of gratitude and praise. It is our positive duty to resist melancholy, discounted thoughts and feelings. The person who constantly complains and seems to think that it is wrong to be cheerful and happy has the wrong philosophy of life. This is a distracting philosophy. Those who take a mournful pleasure in all that is melancholy in all natural world, who choose to look upon the dead leaves and thorns rather than To gather the beautiful living flowers, who see no beauty in grand mountain heights and in valleys, clothed with living green, who close their senses to the joyful voice which speaks to them in nature and is sweet and musical to the listening ear, miss a great deal in life. They are gathering to themselves gloom and darkness. When they may have brightness from the creator of nature, I repeat, a negative philosophy toward life is totally self-destructing and therefore harmful to others. When pain comes our way, let us not dwell on it. It is law of nature that our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we give them heart While words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. Let us make sure that our thoughts and words are all honest and true and joyous. This is the greatest way to promote health. Sometimes When we are downhearted and depressed, it is helpful to think then, especially then, of all the good and positive things we can think of. We must deliberately control our thoughts and not let them control us. Can your mind be the cause of your sickness? Yes, it can. There is no doubt about that, but there is help. Our great creator will help us have thoughts of love and kindness, of boldness without fear, of contentment and security of forgiveness and patience. Let us ask God daily for His power that here in this present world we may think His happy and health-building thoughts. Thank you for listening. Our your presenter, Maureen Kombog.
0: We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 422 100 Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is aw nairobi at aka.adventist.org. Here's a song created in his image by Faith for Today Quartet. you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Brother Steve Rundo,
3: Giving it all to God. Our key text comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. And I will read. Some time later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. He said, Here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains I will tell you about God makes an absolute claim not only on our possessions but also on our trust he seeks and expects us to entrust to his loving provision those people and gifts of whatever description that we have it is crucial for us to recognize that this test was real for Abraham reformer John Calvin who lived between 1509 and 1564 observes, When Isaac alone is left in whom the weary old age of the good man may repose, he is shortly after ordered to sacrifice him. What more frightful thing can the human mind imagine than for a father to become the executioner of his own son? If Isaac had died of the sickness... Who would have not thought Abraham the most miserable of all men? Given a son in jest, on whose account his grief of childlessness should be doubled, if he had been killed by some stranger, the calamity would have been much increased by the indignity. But for a son to be slaughtered by his own father's hand surpasses every sort of calamity. In short, Throughout life, he was so tossed and troubled that if anyone wished to paint a picture of a calamitous life, he could find no model more appropriate than Abraham's. Investor and author Kenneth Eldred, despite his desire to become a businessman, assumed that making a decision for Christ would necessitate his entering the pastorate. But like Abraham, he reflects whom God asked to offer his precious son, but then provided another way, I was not required to carry out the sacrifice. The Lord was more concerned with my demonstration of willingness. Acknowledging that holding our possessions at God's disposal goes beyond determining what we do with our money, devotional writer Slew Hughes, who lived between 1928 and 2006, observes, that in doing so, we establish a life attitude, becoming people under orders, people with a sense of mission and discretion and direction. You realize you are handling something on behalf of another, the another being God, that does something to the whole of life, puts sacredness into the secular Lifts the sodded into the sacred, Hughes continues the action of Abraham in scripture provides an excellent example of how to transfer ownership of our possessions to God. He placed his son on the altar and was willing to part with him if that was what God wanted. If you have never done so, then picture yourself kneeling before God's altar as did Abraham. Offer up to him all your possessions in a moment of prayer. Be prepared to die emotionally to money. Tell God that from now on there will not be two masters in your life. Just one and that is him. It is not easy to do such a thing like what Abraham did. Abraham gave his possession to God. But not just that. He took all his trust and placed it on God. That is the definition of faith. Faith is a stewardship, relationship between you and God. That his only son, that he loved so much, and that was a son of a promise. We will rationally think most of the time, that probably God did not want me to sacrifice this son because he promised me to be a father of all nations through this son and therefore there is no way he will take him away from me before he even born a son to me. But Abraham did not think rationally because he knew whom he trusted. He knew who God was to him and he did not even think twice. We ask ourselves questions like, "Why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice Zazak if He already knew Abraham's heart?" That is a point to think about. That what thing will God ask you to sacrifice if this story were retold with you as the main character? Think deep about that. Then also the question is asked: How can you develop trust in God? What is necessary for absolute trust? A stewardship relationship is not just a financial relationship or a monetary relationship it is a relationship of trust trusting that he who gave you your life your family your businesses your profession all that you possess your friends is the same person who can give you more that you do not have and therefore taking all that giving to him is a sign Of first acknowledgement that he is the provider secondly appreciating him and thirdly loving and trusting him who at the first time gave you all these things and therefore let us pray about it we pray Lord this story is convicting and powerful help me to trust you like Abraham did With all I have and with all I hold precious in my life. I have prayed this, trusting and believing that your will will be done in my life. For I have prayed in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: It has been nice having your company. In case you have any views, comments, or questions about the show, please send to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box four two seven six code 100 Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I have been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Goodbye.
1: Once again, the gospel message From the Savior you